John Gleisner is one of those rare people who sees a place with a problem and goes to do what he can to help out. He's just come back from a stint as a psychiatrist at a hospital in Bethlehem as a volunteer, and he's come back with some strong impressions of the rights and wrongs of the fractured state of Palestine. As Chris Patton put it in his latest book, Palestinians languish in hopeless no-man's land between European guilt, Arab folly and Israeli insecurity. I asked John Gleister how difficult it is for Palestinian families separated from each other by Israeli-imposed barriers to stay in touch. Well, first of all, there's free telephone access, Mm -hmm. so families can always telephone one another. But as far as meeting up, uh, it can be almost impossible. Um, People I was with in Bethlehem, uh, and Bethlehem is only... 20 minutes on a bus to Jerusalem Mm. have not been able to go to Jerusalem for 10 or 12 years. They they have to make an application to do it. They have to make an application, and unless... I mean, they can... Supposing they have an appointment at one of the hospitals in Jerusalem, they can usually get a pass to go for their appointment or for whatever. But just to go for social reasons is much, much more difficult. Um, so there's a, a lot of restrictions. Um, What's the mood of Palestinians about this? What is, how, did it, how did they strike you? Is there a sense of resignation about it amongst most yes, of them? Yes, I, I would say that almost every Palestinian I spoke to about this, almost every single one... Perhaps 0.1% of Palestinians I vote to differed, but almost all did not think there was going to be any solution. They were going to remain in this state as long as they could foresee. Uh, there, was no, there was not going to be uh, any um, settlement that mm. would be satisfactory. Do they tend to lay the blame for this on Israel? Or do they talk about uh, the shortcomings of their own administration as, as They well? talk frequently about <laughs> the shortcomings of their own administration, but it's important to emphasise that they don't see their administration as ever having enough power to negotiate with Israel as things stand. So mm. they don't blame them for failing in that, but they blame them for many other things, such as corruption, such as... Uh, uh, connivance with even uh, the Israeli government. How easy is it to work in an environment like this? Um, you're dealing with um, very troubled people anyway. Um, I, I imagine it is quite a strain to act as a psychiatrist in, a, in an environment like this where everything is so tense. What I found was that people came in to work, that's the nurses and the doctors and others, they did their job at a minimum, to a minimal standard. They didn't want change. They didn't see that improvements mattered much. They, they were not keen on making changes. They had, in a sense, enough just doing the job. Yeah. Uh, and most of them had every week some kind of trauma, not necessarily directly, they didn't experience it, but some member of their family Mm -hmm. would have 
something happen. I mean, we had nurses, for example, who whose brothers would be taken off into prison, and uh, we had nurses whose uh, houses were demolished. Mm. I mean, that, that's, that's quite a huge trauma for anyone. And I guess you're dealing with a society here which is in great need of uh, psychiatric help. Uh, well, how much is there, and how adequate are the psychiatric services? Oh, there's. Uh, I think there are two issues here which are important to separate. One is the uh, mental illness as such, and the other is the uh, trauma from events that are happening, and they they don't necessarily overlap a lot. Mm-hmm. In other words, the vast majority of the population, I think, are suffering from uh, trauma, but they just carry on. They don't... I mean, maybe they're depressed to a bit, to an extent. Um, statistics are very difficult to come by there. Mm. Um, then, What's your feeling as to what it's actually doing to those people as a people? It's, uh, it's very hard to say. I think they are quite resilient as people. I think they have experienced this. This has gone on now, yeah. what, uh, 65 years they've been experiencing this, so it's not nothing new. But do they just reach a sort of equilibrium of willingness to suffer inconvenience and, and oppression uh, and just live with that? I mean, or, or is this a slowly boiling pot which eventually has to go? I think there's, there's important generational differences yeah. that the older people, I think, are probably more resigned to it, and then the young students, even school children, were are, are, are not so resigned, are more angry, more willing to take action, more willing to take violent action, I think. Um, and bear in mind that the end of apartheid came when school children mm-hmm. were the actual ones who led the final revolt against it. I mean, it's, uh, it is something, I think, uh, where older people perhaps uh, naturally become more resigned. Well, will those younger people slowly adjust uh, if nothing happens, if there is no breakthrough in terms of the peace agreement and the I pressure th- goes sure, off? I mean, sure. th- they are, they're, they're going to have to, aren't they? Uh, I, I, think this, I think so, and this is uh, obviously when anyone who feels strongly and has a cause, as they do, I mean, it is, it is sad to see them you know, gradually adapting yeah. to... Uh, such an unjust state that they're in. But I think you're right. I think that uh, either there's going to be a third intifada, but I don't, don't, I didn't think that was coming soon. It didn't. There wasn't. Uh, there weren't any indicators. So I'm look. I'm not uh, mm. claiming to be in touch, obviously, with uh, with all. But the, you'd sense the, it on the ground, wouldn't you? If it was, if I think it was you'd coming. begin to. And and things, of course, even week by week, are changing. So. Yeah. The trouble in East Jerusalem at the moment could uh, grow and become uh, the beginning of one, but it's it's really hard to know. How much does the average person in the West Bank, particularly, but I, I guess elsewhere in East Jerusalem, know of the Israeli settlement policy and what is going in and where? and what the implications of that are. They're probably more knowledgeable as a population than almost any country I've visited. They're very, very 
uh, aware of uh, the the changes in Israeli policy and the settlements. They're aware of uh, dealings with America. It's on the news a lot. There's uh, they're politically very astute, I think, as as a people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one thing that I was uh, impressed by was sort of the lack of uh, feelings of wanting revenge or wanting, you know, that this whole picture that they want Israelis or Israel driven into the sea is, mm. I just didn't find people wanting that. They were prepared almost to forgive and let's get on and live together if there can be a just solution. Yes. Do you think that that this, um, this uh, belligerence uh, in terms of the destruction of Israel is not a Palestinian thing per se, it is effectively driven from outside and from by other parties? No, I think there are, obviously there are um, extremists yeah. within Palestine and within Hamas, but as there would be in, there are in every country in the world. I mean, there's, there's no population that doesn't have its extremists. Um, so s- certainly that's true, but the policy whereby um, Israel is strangling Gaza, for example, with the siege that it has on it, is, I think, uh, almost everyone with a, a, a modicum of common sense would see is, is driving people to become more extreme. Yeah. What do they expect of Islam outside? Do they, is there an assumption that eventually the rest of Islam will come to their rescue? I think it's important just... to distinguish, yes, the political from the religious because Islam is used in a sense That's for both. That's the question, yeah. Um, I think there has been a great disappointment that the uh, Arab countries haven't been more active and supportive. That's true. I, uh, obviously, there was, there's a history of the involvement in, to a degree, you know, in terms of military uh, involvement. But in terms of political involvement, I think there is a disappointment there. I think it's important to point out also that the the extremists use Islam yes. much as, I think, uh, the, Zion, you know, the, the extreme Zionists use uh, uh, the Jewish faith to yeah. advance their yes. cause, um, and Is I think it, that extreme. So I think that extremists uh, uh, have to be reckoned with. But also, I think that the more obviously the more belligerent the two sides are, the more the extremists uh, get power as on both sides. I mean, yeah. there's, there's extremists yes. on the Israeli side. What do they expect of the outside world? Countries like New Zealand. Do they? Uh, is there an assumption that that the Western world has somehow forsaken them, that they are more pro-Israeli uh, in this context, and that you can't expect um, the Anglo-Saxon world in particular to come and help? I, I think they recognise that the Israeli um, information service is giving information, or has been, all the time of the existence of Israel, has been giving information to the world that in many respects can be construed as propaganda, and that has led many parts of the world to favor Israel 
remembering that Israel started following the Holocaust, that they've seen Israel as a victim state surrounded by these aggressive Arab states. I mean, that's the picture that's constantly been put forward, despite evidence, good evidence now, that that Israel was never seriously threatened, that it always had better military, uh, both... Well, it has been threatened. I mean, it's been, it's been attacked uh, over the years. Sure, stages, but, but, but in terms of... That might happen again. Indeed, but yeah. in terms of uh, having uh, been the underdog in those wars, Israel has been very successful in painting that picture, which was not true. The assessments that would reveal, shall we say, later, was that uh, Israel was uh, stronger, despite... There were several countries attacking. They were stronger, militarily. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and I think, the, as I say, the picture that Israel has managed to paint uh, uh, for the rest of the world as one that the rest of the world has been sympathetic because of that to Israel and uh, sees Palestine, well, sees them as a bunch of terrorists. I mean, that's the, yeah. that, and that's the, the extreme picture. the Palestinians are aware of this. Uh, oh yes, yeah. yes, 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 yeah. yes. They are. I mean, they and and um, just uh, even this week, there's a new uh, media centre in Britain called J News, which is going is trying to uh, now present news from Israel uh, that is not so full of propaganda. Mm. What can New Zealand do? We don't do much. We do a little here and there, and people yes, like you yes. voluntarily help. Well, um, they, what, there what were the hospital we I was at. There were two New Zealanders. Yeah, <laughs> no other foreigners at all, but uh, two New Zealanders. Yes, one working, making a nice garden in the hospital, and myself. So, New Zealanders. There are a few there. There's another one in the University of Bethlehem. There's another New Zealander. Mm. So, a, a few New Zealanders in uh, in the West Bank. A few in Jerusalem. So that's a tiny contribution, all right. But and these are self-starting. Contributions on the whole, yes. Then, 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 coming first to the government, I think it's really important that the government does not get sucked in, particularly by the United States, uh, because the United States has taken a very, very uncritical line of support for Israel over the well, ever since I think uh, almost since uh, Eisenhower's time, long, long time ago. You think that's wearing a little thin? Well, there are signs lately, Joe Biden's visit. To, yes, to, yes. Well, hopefully Jerusalem. it's wearing thin. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's some very good arguments why it doesn't favour the United States or even Israel. Um, so, as I say, the New Zealand government, insofar as it can exercise some influence, as it can, I think, in through the United Nations, mm. uh, will uh, will do could do and can do. Uh, a lot to help that situation. Could we do more on the humanitarian front? I, I don't think the humanitarian front is... The, I don't honestly think that is the problem. I think uh, that's done well by NGOs. Not uh, even in Gaza? Well, yes, but uh, but uh, politically, to, raise, to, to, to get stuff to go into Gaza, <laughs> and yeah. stuff's there waiting to go in, yeah. uh, so that if New Zealand can influence that, that will be far more effective than just sending more aid because uh, it isn't getting in. That's the problem. Yes, that was John Gleisner, New Zealand psychiatrist, just back from serving voluntarily at a hospital in Bethlehem.